Hello all, it's November 9th, and welcome to the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast. It's another beautiful day in the Bible reading community where our affections are being set on things above so we can make a difference in this world below. My name is David McAdam, and I am happy to be encouraging us all to press on in the great adventure of knowing God and making Him known. We know Him as He makes Himself known through both the general revelation of His wisdom and power displayed in creation, but most importantly, through His self-disclosure through His Word. We are reading of God's self-disclosure to Ezekiel as the word of the Lord continues to come to him with special messages that he is to speak to his people. And in the New Testament, we are reading the book of Hebrews, which makes plain that God, who spoke in times past through the prophets such as Ezekiel, has now spoken to us more fully and finally in the person and work of his Son, the Word made flesh. Describing Jesus Christ The writer of Hebrews described him as the one appointed heir of all things, through whom all things he made the world, and he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. And in the book of Hebrews, we learn that Jesus accomplished what the prophets and priests of the Old Testament did not and could not. He made purification of sins with a perfect once-and-for-all sacrifice of himself, and after his exaltation and glorification, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So let's return to the land of Babylon, where the word of the Lord comes again to Ezekiel, who is being given another message to deliver to the elders of Israel, who are now exiles, experiencing the chastisement of a seventy-year time-out captivity to a foreign power. Once again, they are strangers in a strange land, and Ezekiel is called upon by God to remind them of their history of rebellion. We are in chapter 20 of the book of Ezekiel, beginning with verse 1, Israel's continuing rebellion. In the seventh year, in the fifth month, on the tenth day of the month, certain of the elders of Israel came to inquire of the Lord and sat before me. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, speak to the elders of Israel, and say to them, Thus says the Lord, Is it to inquire of me that you come? As I live, declares the Lord God, I will not be inquired of by you. Will you judge them, son of man? Will you judge them? Let them know the abominations of their fathers, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, On the day when I chose Israel, I swore to the offspring of the house of Jacob, making myself known to them in the land of Egypt. I swore to them, saying, I am the Lord your God. On that day I swore to them that I would bring them out of the land of Egypt into a land that I had searched out for them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most glorious of all lands. And I said to them, Cast away the detestable things your eyes feast on, every one of you, and do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me, and were not willing to listen to me. None of them cast away the detestable things their eyes feasted on, nor did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said I would pour out my wrath upon them, and spend my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations among whom they lived, 
in whose sight I made myself known to them in bringing them out of the land of Egypt. So I led them out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. I gave them my statutes and made known to them my rules, by which, if a person does them, he shall live. Moreover, I gave them my Sabbaths as a sign between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not walk in my statutes, but rejected my rules, by which, if a person does them, he shall live, and my Sabbaths they greatly profaned. Then I said I would pour out my wrath upon them in the wilderness, to make a full end of them. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations, in whose sight I had brought them out. Moreover, I swore to them in the wilderness, that I would not bring them into the land that I had given them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most glorious of all lands, because they rejected my rules, and did not walk in my statutes, and profaned my Sabbaths, for their heart went after their idols. Nevertheless, my eye spared them, and I did not destroy them or make a full end of them in the wilderness. And I said to their children in the wilderness, Do not walk in the statutes of your fathers, nor keep their rules, nor defile yourselves with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes, and be careful to obey my rules, and keep my Sabbaths holy, that they may be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am the Lord your God. But the children rebelled against me. They did not walk in my statutes, and were not careful to obey my rules, by which if a person does them he shall live. They profaned my Sabbaths. Then I said I would pour out my wrath upon them, and spend my anger against them in the wilderness. But I withheld my hand, and acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations, in whose sight I had brought them out. Moreover, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would scatter them among the nations and disperse them through the countries, because they had not obeyed my rules, but had rejected my statutes and profaned my Sabbaths, and their eyes were set on their father's idols. Moreover, I gave them statutes that were not good and rules by which they could not have life and I defiled them through their very gifts in their offering up all their firstborn, that I might devastate them. I did it that they might know that I am the Lord. Therefore, son of man, speak to the house of Israel and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, In this also your fathers blasphemed me by dealing treacherously with me. For when I had brought them into the land that I swore to give them, then wherever they saw any high hill or any leafy tree, there they offered their sacrifices, and there they presented the provocation of their offering. There they sent up their pleasing aromas, and there they poured out their drink offerings. I said to them, What is the high place to which you go? So its name is called Bama to this day. Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Will you defile yourselves after the manner of your fathers and go whoring after their detestable things? When you present your gifts and offer up your children in fire, you defile yourselves with all your idols to this day. And shall I be inquired of by you, O house of Israel? As I live, declares the Lord God, I will not be inquired of by you. 
What is in your mind shall never happen. The thought, let us be like the nations, like the tribes of the countries, and worship wood and stone. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and with wrath poured out, I will be king over you. I will bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you are scattered, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and with wrath poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples, and there I will enter into judgment with you face to face. As I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will enter into judgment with you, declares the Lord God. I will make you pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. I will purge out the rebels from among you, and those who transgress against me. I will bring them out of the land where they sojourn, but they shall not enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. As for you, O house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, Go serve every one of you his idols, now and hereafter, if you will not listen to me, but my holy name you shall no more profane with your gifts and your idols. For on my holy mountain, the mountain height of Israel, declares the Lord God, there all the house of Israel, all of them, shall serve me in the land. There I will accept them, and there I will require your contributions and the choicest of your gifts, with all your sacred offerings. As a pleasing aroma I will accept you, when I bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you have been scattered. And I will manifest my holiness among you in the sight of the nations. And you shall know that I am the Lord, when I bring you into the land of Israel, the country that I swore to give to your fathers. And there you shall remember your ways and all your deeds with which you have defiled to yourselves. And you shall loathe yourselves for all the evils that you have committed. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my name's sake, not according to your evil ways, nor according to your corrupt deeds, O house of Israel, declares the Lord God. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face toward the south land, preach against the south, and prophesy against the forest land in the Negeb. Say to the forest of the Negeb, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will kindle a fire in you, and it shall devour every green tree in you and every dry tree. The blazing flames shall not be quenched, and all faces from south to north shall be scorched by it. All flesh shall see that I, the Lord, have kindled it. It shall not be quenched. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, they are saying of me, Is he not a maker of parables? And this concludes our reading from the Old Testament passage today from the book of Ezekiel. Now let's step back and make some observations. On August 14th, 591 B.C., some of the elders in exile came to Ezekiel's house to inquire of the Lord. They were claiming that they wanted insight as how they should behave in the future. In effect, they were asking, Show us the way to walk in, and we will walk there. Once again, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel as the men sat before him. The picture is reminiscent of what we read in chapter 14. The Lord told Ezekiel to let the elders know that he knows what is in their hearts. Why do they pretend to want to know the way to walk in 
when their hearts refuse to do so. They are asking amiss as double-minded men. They listen, but are doubters when it comes to implementing the revealed will of God. We can read of this kind of double-mindedness in James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 3, we read, Son of man, speak to the elders of Israel, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Do you come to inquire of me? As I live, declares the Lord, I will not be inquired of by you. Once again, the Lord asks Ezekiel to confront these men with their sins. Their sins are as detestable as the sins of their fathers. When you offer your gifts, when you cause your sons to pass through the fire, you are defiling yourselves with all your idols to this day. And shall I be inquired of by you, O house of Israel? As I live, declares the Lord God, I will not be inquired of by you. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 31. The Lord gives a full account of Israel's history in which the works and the ways of the Lord were made known to them, and yet the people refused to honor those works and those ways. Therefore, the time of judgment has already arrived. In this prophecy, the Lord discloses both His anger against sin and His desire to show Himself holy among them and in the sight of the nations. In chapter 20, verse 41. He also intends to show His faithfulness to His word. He will not leave the guilty unpunished, but He will honor His covenant promise given to Abraham. He will restore His people to the land when they repent. In chapter 20, verse 43. Chapter 20 begins the final section of judgments concerning the fall of Judah and Jerusalem. In chapter 20, verses 1 through chapter 24, verse 27. As we have read repeatedly in the earlier chapters, the Lord says, he is sending these judgments that they may know that He is who He says He is, the Lord God. The Lord recounts the history of the Jews from the Exodus in chapter 20, verses 5 through 9. He makes known His ways and His works from their wilderness days up until Sinai in chapter 20, verses 10 through 14. Yet the people of Israel rebelled against the Lord in verse 13. He makes known His ways and His works in their years of wandering in verses 15 through 22, swearing with uplifted hand that they would not enter the promised land due to their unbelief. He promised to hold them to account. But the children rebelled against me. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 21, only Joshua and Caleb and those twenty years and under were allowed to enter the land. The Lord recalls their desecration of the Sabbaths and their failure to honor His decrees. Why should He answer their request to know His ways, when they have no intention of following His laws or keeping His decrees, in chapter 20, verses 13 through 26. He promises to disperse them among the nations if they continue to rebel. The Lord expressed His anger towards their blasphemous idol worship. Then I said to them, What is the high place to which you go? So its name is called Bama to this day. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 29. The name Bama means high places and refers to the cultic pagan altars that the people of Judah built instead of worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. There are multiple references to the Sabbath in this chapter. The people had failed to keep the Sabbath. Israel and Judah owed God at least 70 sabbatical years up until the exile in Jeremiah chapter 25 verses 11 and 12 and chapter 29 verse 10. So the Lord would extract them by giving them 70 years of captivity in Babylon. 
This whole land will be a desolation and a horror, and these nations will serve the king of Babylon seventy years. Then it will be when seventy years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, declares the Lord, for their iniquity and the land of the Chaldeans, and I will make it an everlasting desolation. Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 11 and 12. For thus says the Lord, When seventy years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10. And in Second Chronicles chapter 36, verses 20 and 21, we read, Those who had escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon, and they were servants to him and to his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths. All the days of its desolation it kept the Sabbath until seventy years were complete. The Babylonian Empire lasted only seventy years as a world power. Babylon's reign over Judah began in 609 B.C. with the death of Josiah. Babylon ended its reign as a world power when the kingdom was defeated by the Medo-Persians in 539 B.C. During those seventy years, the land back home in Judah received its sabbaticals. God was using Babylon as his instrument to discipline Judah. God's activity as the one who provides discipline shows that he is no idol of stone. As the Lord promises to execute judgment, he uses the analogy of his people passing under the shepherd's rod. At the end of the day, when the sheep are coming back into the fold from the pasture, they pass under the shepherd's rod for inspection. The shepherd can seize and scrutinize the sheep for infestation or bodily damage before it goes in with the rest. It speaks of special discipline and shepherdly care. I will make you pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant, and I will purge from you the rebels and those who transgress against me. I will bring them out of the land where they sojourn, but they will not enter the land of Israel. Thus you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 37 and 38. Verse 39 reminds us of the judgment of abandonment that we read about in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 1, verses 24 through 28, when the Lord gives people up to their own appetites. He gives them up to their own desires for immorality. Here the Lord says, Go and serve your idols, in Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 39. He abandons them to discipline them. He disciplines them to restore them. The Lord says in verses 39 and 40, But later you will surely listen to me. And my holy name you will profane no longer with your gifts and with your idols. For on my holy mountain, on the high mountain of Israel, declares the Lord God, there the whole house of Israel, all of them, will serve me in the land. There I will accept them, and there I will seek your contributions and the choicest of your gifts with all your holy things. The Lord speaks of the purification that will have taken place when the Hebrews would return to the land. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 40 through 44, the timeout in Babylon seems to have cured them of their pagan idolatry. The Lord pictures a future day of restoration through repentance. Salvation is coming for Israel. There you will remember your ways and all your deeds with which you have defiled yourselves, and you will loathe yourselves in your own sight for all the evil things that you have done. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 43. The chapter closes with a call for judgment 
in verses 45 through 49. As a sign of the coming purge, Ezekiel was to turn to the south toward Temon and prophesy against it. He is speaking of fire coming to Jerusalem. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face toward Temon, and speak out against the south, and prophesy against the forest land of the Negev, and say to the forest of the Negev, Hear the word of the Lord, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am about to kindle a fire in you, and it will consume every green tree in you, as well as every dry tree. The blazing fire will not be quenched, and the whole surface from the south to the north will be burned by it. All flesh will see that I, the Lord, have kindled it. It shall not be quenched. Ezekiel's hearers were frustrated, because once again he was speaking a parable they did not understand. God would give the interpretation. Stay tuned as we continue to read from the book of Ezekiel tomorrow. Now let's go to our next stop in our Bible reading tour, to the New Testament book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 28. Redemption through the blood of Christ. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. For where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a will takes effect only at death, since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. Therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment of the Lord had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats, with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins. Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly, as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ 
having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament, from the book of Hebrews. In this section of chapter 9, we see Jesus, the high priest, fulfilling everything that was foreshadowed in the earthly sanctuary. He serves a greater and more perfect sanctuary than the tabernacle in the wilderness. He entered into the true innermost chamber, the holiest of all, in the presence of God the Father, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with His own blood. In doing so, He provided a perfect once-and-for-all sacrifice. We see how Jesus perfectly mediates the new covenant, ensuring that those who believe on Him receive the promised inheritance of the Holy Spirit. This promise was written in the Testament. The writer explains that the last will and testament is only put into action when the testator dies. Now that Jesus has died, all that was left to his beneficiaries is made available. Gentiles become indirect or joint beneficiaries of this covenant that is made with Israel through faith in the promised seed of Abraham. What wonderful benefits! Our consciences are cleansed, and we can rest in the finished work of Christ that secures our forgiveness and acceptance by God. The covenant promises are ratified and released by the blood of Christ. And according to the law, one may almost say, all things are cleansed with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. All of that which was prefigured in the sacrifices in the earthly tabernacle has come to pass in Christ's finished work of redemption. The new covenant is a reality established forever. The writer reminds us that Jesus wants to make His present ministry known to us. He also wants us to be ready for His coming. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment, so Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await Him. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 27 and 28. We move on now to the book of Psalms, and we read from Psalm 107, verses 1 through 43. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Psalm 107, book 5. O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom He has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert places, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. For He satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul He fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So He bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and burst their bonds apart. 
Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. For He shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and He delivered them from their distress. He sent out His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of His deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, His wondrous works in the deep. For He commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths, their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and He brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol Him in the congregation of the people and praise Him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there He lets the hungry dwell and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By His blessing they multiply greatly, and He does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, He pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But He raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. The psalmist has a story of being redeemed, and he is about to tell us about the redemption of his people in song. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom He has redeemed from the hand of adversity. Psalm 107, verse 2. The psalmist proceeds to recount the many mercies that have been shown to God's redeemed people throughout their history. In their wandering, in their hunger, in their thirst, in their trouble and distress, the Lord came through. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness and for His wonders to the sons of men. Psalm 107, verse 8. Even when the Lord had to discipline them for their transgressions, He answered when they called out to Him and brought them out of their deepest gloom. Psalm 107, verse 15 reads, Let them give thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness and for His wonders of the sons of men. Even when they became fools and suffered affliction due to their foolish rebellion, the Lord saved them from their distress when they cried out to Him in their trouble. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. 
Let them give thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness and His wonders to the sons of men. In verses 20 and 21. Whether on land or at sea, in verses 23 through 30, God has proven Himself to be faithful to answer when His people cry out to Him, even when they are at their wit's end, in verse 27. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness and for His wonders to the sons of men. The psalmist recounts the power of the Lord to dry up or provide water to the land, to cause famine or fruitfulness. The wise recognize the goodness of the Lord. Who is wise? Let him give heed to these things and consider the loving kindnesses of the Lord. Psalm 107, verse 43. We come to the end of today's Bible reading tour with a visit to the book of Proverbs, reading Proverbs chapter 27, verse 11. Be wise, my son, and make my heart glad, that I may answer him who reproaches me. Every father takes joy in a son who walks in wisdom. We can rejoice in the fact that we are in Christ the Son, who brings joy to the Father on our behalf. Let's pray together. Gracious Father, in your holy word, we see that you know us through and through. Those whom you love, you discipline. In your faithfulness, you afflict us and teach us, treating us as your sons and daughters. You do this out of your goodness and for your glory. We thank you for the perfect mediator, our great high priest and representative, the Lord Jesus Christ. We can enjoy the benefits of the new covenant because of his perfect work of redemption. Give us an ear to hear our shepherd's voice today and follow through with acts of obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. We've come to the end of our time together and God willing will be with you tomorrow as we continue to read from the prophet Ezekiel and also from the book of Hebrews and our regular stops in Proverbs and Psalms. And as always, we remind you that if you'd like to receive a written copy of our commentary on each day's portion from the One Year Bible, you can subscribe at newlife.org. And also we encourage you to like or to subscribe to these podcasts wherever you receive them. Be blessed today with all the benefits of the new covenant of God's grace. Shalom.